It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus all day long, all day strong. And it is a thirsty Thursday. And man, people have got their thirst on, talking about all these transfers from the transfer portal. Ole Miss and Lane Kiven continue to dominate, and that's a good thing because we are talking with Evie Van Pelt today from the Rebel Walk. We'll be talking about Chris Beard's basketball team and how well they're playing. Keep playing well, Rebels. You know, uh, Tigers played them earlier. That's one of the two losses on the season. Um, Three-point loss, no big deal. Rebels are playing great. We'll talk about a little Rebel. We'll talk about the transfer portal. We'll talk about the hype video from Lane Kiffin. We'll talk about the contract extension. We'll talk about Walter Nolan. We're going to talk all types of things. Well, heck, we're going to talk about the Peach Bowl. I mean, we're going to talk a lot of stuff. All Ole Miss, 12 o'clock, okay? So we're going to get all deep up in them Rebels at noon, 11.30. I'm sorry, John, before you say that, I was talking to Dave. I didn't hear everything you had to say about Ole Miss. Did you talk about, did you mention um, the number one JUCO receiver that pulled up to his signing party? In a um, Lamborghini? In a Lamborghini. Bro, I I was actually going to save it, but no, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. That's okay. Hey, you know me. I'm about to to bust your brain open with a little bit of Memphis uh, transfer portal recruiting situation. Because, again, I'm... I realized, like you said, some of the uh, the places you go haven't updated their stuff. That's right. So I was a lot more ex- – I guess I was like, damn, Tigers mm. smoked it. But there's – I mean they did very well. They did. But we're going to get into that a minute ago. But yes, the number one JUCO wide receiver rolls up in a Lambo. That was awesome. And that was also to me crazy. Like, can you just rent a Lambo? Because I know he didn't get enough money to go buy a damn Lambo. You certainly can rent Lambos for sure. There I mean, was a uh, like where are you just where 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 are you just renting a Lambo? Like, where was he? Was he in Oxford? Uh, was he in his hometown? I don't. Know, it's a good question. I know there. Uh, I have so many questions about that. There used to be a guy that played for the Showboats last year, and his side hustle outside of football was he rented out exotic cars and he i don't know if he did it here if he did it somewhere else but he would that's his side hustle uh-huh, he would he had he like worked for someone that had like a bunch of like exotic cars and so he would connect with people and he would rent it out to them and he'd get like a cut of the pay or whatever a commission of of what he rented out and so that was like his his job when he wasn't playing football well I will say, um, we're talking all things Ole Miss 12 o'clock. I'm fired up about that. Uh, I'm also very, very excited because you know what today is, don't you? When Thursday. Wow. Today is Thursday. It is Thursday. But uh, you know who returns tonight to their their home? Oh, Ja. Ja is back. You know what else happened, by the way, uh, on this day? On this day in history. 132 years ago. Hmm. The Revolutionary War, John. No, man. That's um, the, that. No, dude. 132 years ago, bro. No, Dr. James Naismith uh, on this day introduced basketball. Huh. So that must have been a little bit after the Revolutionary War. 
So 132 years later, Jaws making his home appearance tonight in the house against the Pacers. A lot of people talking about Tyler, uh, Tyler Halliburton, how he's passed Ja. We already heard Jaws keeping receipts after the dead gun Pelicans. I expect him to come out and go banana sandwiches. It's kind of hard to play better than he did. I mean, he went 34, 6, and 8. My man hit the game-winning shot. By the way, that was surprising. I didn't know that was his only, is his first career game-winning shot at the final buzzer. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't either. It was. I was very. I, I was like, damn, it's only his first one. He's done so many damn things. Um, but yeah, Ja Grizz, uh, Ja in the Pacers tonight, seven o'clock from FedEx Four. Memphis currently a two and a half point favorite. We're talking with Isaac Simpson today at eleven thirty. So we're gonna get a little deep up in uh, a little Grizzness. We're also gonna talk about them Tigers again. Took care of Virginia on Tuesday. Dropped Clemson on Saturday and the week before that on Sunday. Yep, you know what they did? They slapped Texas in them three top 25 wins in a row. Their schedule is getting a little light now because we got Vanderbilt next. And, uh, yeah, everything's looking good in Memphis right now with the Grizzlies and the Tigers. We're going to spend 1130 to 12 talking all about that. We got uh, some NFL notes because tonight it starts, baby. Saints at the Rams. And what I think is going to be one of, I mean, this is one of the best NFL schedules. And it's because of where it all falls. Like, we got Thursday night football, Saints, Rams. I mean, both teams got to have it, especially the Saints. They're trying to win the division. Rams are a four point favorite. They've been clicking on all all cylinders on offense. The one thing the Saints aren't good at is offense. We're going to break this day, this dead gum game down at the very end of the show. Uh, and then also, you have to remember, we have Saturday football. We got the Bengals and the Steelers, Bills and the Chargers. By the way, Steelers in a little controversy. George Pickens, former Georgia wide receiver, not hustling and blocking and then making an excuse saying, well, I didn't want to get rolled up on. I didn't want to get hurt. Not not a good look. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Plus, you got the Bills and the Chargers on Saturday. And then you have a whole Sunday slate. And you know what Sunday is? Christmas Eve, John. Sunday is Christmas Eve. Like, dude, on Christmas Eve. Man, do you know how barren sometimes Christmas Eve is on the sports landscape? Like, bro, I remember some of them Christmas Eves. Like, you got one little bowl game, like two teams. Oh, yeah. You have no clue. That's right. That's it. Well, no, we have all, I mean, we got a wall-to-wall football. I'm stoked about that. And then, of course, on Christmas Day, three games. And the best part about it is Christmas night, you got the Ravens and the 49ers. So excited about uh, that one. So, yeah, the slate in the National Football League is ridiculous. Don't forget on NBA, Christmas Day, five games. Got five NBA games. Three NFL games. Dead We only got, you know, two more shows before we start heading up into this bad boy. So we're going to break down all kinds of NFL action. Tigers, Grizzlies. Oh, my. We got all kinds of stuff to get to. But I got to know because Bryant Dacus covers the Memphis Tigers. And I am kind of curious. I've been paying a little more attention, honestly. You know, I'm very uh, I'm very serious about um Tiger basketball, and I, and I really love me some Ole Miss football. So I've been kind of looking at that, and I've been keeping my eye on what's going on with Tiger football. 
But I thought they, like, really hit a home run. I was seeing, like, tweets going out there. I was looking at one little spot. And they're like, man, Memphis is killing it in the transfer portal. And it showed the number of uh, people that they were bringing in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, um, It's obviously not quantity. It's quality. But how is the quality and where do they rank in the American? Um, I, I don't know how they rank in the American because we have so many recruiting services now that all do different things and they all, um, I'll be honest, most of them are not very good. They don't update very well. Um, and so it's kind of hard to keep track. If you look at 247, um, they rank fourth behind USF. This, and this is just high school, um, rankings from yesterday. Um, they rank, uh, fourth behind USF, Tulsa, East Carolina, and Memphis, Actually, it looks like this is uh, recruits and transfers because 35 in Memphis had 35 yesterday, including transfers. So mm-hmm. um, that's one spot ahead of Charlotte, who I think has done um, a pretty good job bringing in guys. The Biff Pogey man. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Fighting Pogey. I didn't think Tulsa would be that high. I didn't think East Carolina would be that high. Um, USF has done a really, really good job. Um, I think they lead all of Group of Five in, um, in according to two four seven and uh, their recruiting rankings in terms of Group of Five teams. Um, but if you go over to Rivals, I know yesterday Rivals had um, Memphis in terms of recruiting. Um, I don't know where they had them. I'm trying to find it real quick in terms of sixty fourth in recruiting, which would be way higher than what 247 has them. And then in Transfer Portal, they had them at number 12. So I don't really understand the difference of how there's such a far difference. I'm guessing it's just rankings and stuff like that. Um, But it really, John, it really just depends on where you look. Just depends on where you look. Well, there was also, um, you know, like Dan Mullen was out there tweeting a little bit, kind of throwing some shots out there about how, you know, Billy Napier's draft classes versus his draft classes and the fact that he went to three New Year's Day Bowls and yada, yada, yada. That was flying there around there. But attached were um, a bunch of, like, transfer portal stats. And I noticed Memphis was one of those on there. And just if you look at since the inception of the transfer portal, like, the amount of players that they've actually got ranks all – like, it's it's top ten. I didn't realize that either. Did you? I didn't know that, but uh, no. Ryan Silverfield has done a really oh. good job of mm-hmm. of, uh, of bringing guys in, and um, I think uh, you know me and me and Dave were just talking about it before he left. I think the big thing, and I think it was John. I think it was on your show maybe last week when we were talking about uh, Mario Anderson committing to Memphis, and he signed yesterday. For the running back from South Carolina, and I think we were talking about it, and somebody texted in and said. Um, said that, well, he's not going to get anywhere near 700 yards if he doesn't have, you know, if Memphis doesn't do anything to the offensive line because they lost, like, four of their top six offensive linemen already, Mm -hmm. and obviously that could, um, you know, grow even more. Um, And they did a really good job, I thought, yesterday. Brought in three JUCO um, offensive linemen, brought in an offensive lineman from Louisville, an offensive lineman from Marshall, um, another offensive lineman in there, um, maybe from UL Monroe. So, you know, they they brought in some experience, some guys that have experience at the collegiate level. Um, Johnny, uh, our producer in the afternoon, pointed out one of the um, offensive line uh, commits from uh, the JUCO ranks uh, is from Northwest Mississippi Community College, and he said that there is a pretty good pipeline from Memphis um, or from Northwest uh, Mississippi to Memphis. He pointed out Davian Carter, who just transferred from Memphis, landed at Texas Tech, um, was from uh, Northwest. There's a couple other guys that have gone to Memphis from Northwest that have done a, a pretty good job on the offensive line. So uh, I'm pretty happy with the class uh, Ryan Silverfield brought in. Now, obviously, you've got to, um, you know, every everybody can tout a good recruiting class on. 
you know, December 20th. And But, you know, let's see what they look like in the spring. Let's see what they look like in the fall. Well, Lane Kiffin's been killing it. Again, we're going to talk with him at noon. But don't forget, we talked about all the National Football Leagues. Like, we got uh, Saints-Rams tonight. We also have a bowl game, South Florida-Syracuse. Now, speaking of the transfer portal, of course people are paying attention to their teams, the teams that they care about. In fact, I think people now care more about the transfer portal than actually the bowl games. But if you look at the bowl games and you're going to play the bowl games – you better be paying attention to the transfer portal. I mean, pay attention like it's going out of style because tonight, South Florida and Syracuse, do y'all know who's playing quarterback? For who? Syracuse? Or South Florida or Syracuse. Both are starting tonight, true freshman quarterback. Huh. No, I'm sorry. Both are starting redshirt freshman quarterback. One of them, though, like Syracuse is, um, you know, it's not just a redshirt freshman quarterback. Who's replacing basically their 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 stud? They also have an interim head coach, um, and I just, I don't know that that this Syracuse team. I have no idea what they're going to look like, and I didn't think they looked all that great. South Florida, on the other hand, they got to go with um, basically a new guy and their quarterback Byron Brown threw for th- more than three thousand yards this year. So why isn't he playing? Is he hurt? Um, yeah, he, oh, no, I have no idea why he's not. Oh, because he's in the transfer portal. He's bouncing. I thought he didn't enter the transfer portal. Well, he's not playing. I just know it says he's out. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he's out. And I just don't, I mean, each side's going to start a freshman, and I have no idea how you would bet this game. Brown had 23 touchdowns this year, 3,078 yards, and he is not playing. Interesting. Why don't you Google and try to figure out why he's not playing? Because I'm, I'm already I'm already on it, John. Good. I was going to say because uh, uh, you know who I talked to, Leeds, who told me ah. that he is out. Interesting. Kind of keep up with him. He's not going to be on the show tomorrow, but um, right. But you're still getting your picks from him. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, also, a couple other things we you would talk about the portal. Did you see that uh, the Georgia State? You know, Utah State's playing Georgia State in their bowl game. And I can't remember all these bowl games, so don't ask what the damn bowl game is. I can tell you that they're playing tomorrow. Um, they, uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, it's – wait, Georgia State and them now play tomorrow. When is that game? Georgia Tech, you mean? Did I say Georgia State? You did. Georgia Tech Utah State. Do you know, Utah State's playing Georgia State, I thought. But, but it's not tomorrow. Oh, when is that game? I have no idea. Maybe Saturday. I don't know. Well, anyway, that game is something that he we've also been looking at, and you need to know this: they, uh, the Georgia State team, that's on Saturday. That's on, on Saturday. Saturday. They've lost both their running backs, both their wide receivers, their starting tackle, and on the other hand, Utah State's only had one player from the entire team enter the transfer portal. So you know what you're going to get from Utah State. But Georgia State, I, you have no idea what you're going to get. That's why Utah State, I think, is favored. Both six and six teams. I'm leaning big on the Utah State. Georgia Tech, by the way, they haven't been to a bowl in four years. Don't you think they're going to be fired up to actually play in this bowl game? Oh, for sure. That's how I'm looking at this one. And I don't know, man. Um, I just feel like Georgia Tech was actually a pretty good team. Plus, Central Florida, 
No, nah, they I, they just never been all that impressive in the postseason under Gus. So, yeah, that's the game tomorrow night, UCF and Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I'm leaning pretty big on Georgia Tech. <laughs> Don't you think? Who do you like? I haven't looked at it, John. I'll be honest. Oh, you aren't already getting ready to start gambling? No. Ooh, I am. I I mean, I just I'm telling you, Georgia Tech. Give me them. Give me the give me the jackets. Now, um, you also have Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall, he's not there no more. Um, obviously, you know where he's gone. This is a game that I couldn't touch, but I still think both teams, even without Grayson McCall, are going to score like crazy because that's what they like to do. I like the over fifty one. So, just a few bowl games out there that uh, we're going to check in and get all, all fired up about. So. Uh, that's what we got. Now I got to bring up college basketball. Did you see what Duke did? I did, John. I'm still trying to figure out Byron Brown. Um, so if I've seemed quiet, it's because I'm trying. No, to you're fine. Keep looking, man. I hope out. you learned something. I am learning nothing. Oh, nothing's helped. No, nobody is saying anything about him being out tonight. But I trust Lee. I mean, I'm not saying I don't trust Lee, but it must not be out yet. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Well, I mean, that's what happened with Frank Harris the other day. So Maybe I'm quick draw on Maybe. the quick draw. Maybe you're breaking news, John. Oh. Breaking news about South Florida and Memphis. <laughs> but uh, i got to bring up some men's basketball. You saw Duke take care of business last night. Uh, they've knocked off Oklahoma. They looked pretty sluggish throughout the first half then finally turned it on. And then did you watch the Alabama game? So I gave you the Duke game, and then you had Alabama and Arizona. And let me tell you something. That was a fun basketball game, but Mr. Dakis, you know how you said go under? Yeah, it went under. I pounded the under. Good. I was thinking about you, so I owe you a little something. You're welcome. But uh, that Arizona team who looked terrible for the first half and just came in like the first – I mean they were uh, outscored 10 nothing to start the second half, and it's like they put it into a second gear – and you talk about a team that can get up and down the court faster than anybody in the country. Oh, yeah. Holy hell. They went on like a 23-5 run sure against did. Alabama in a blink of an eye. And, I mean, it was just all 100% downhill, three dudes running, and they were getting to the rack, and they caused Alabama so much foul trouble. They fouled out both their bigs. It's the second time in consecutive games that both bigs got fouled out. But Arizona was putting it on when they are clicking on offense because they are not a good defensive team. But damn, they can score. Sure can. And they play at a pace. Those dudes are like Arizona's in shape. Their bigs are in shape. When I see them going up that up and down that fast, I am. I was just like I was so damn impressed last night with the Wildcats. I've had a few people telling me, "Oh, I'm telling you that." This could be the best team in the country. And I'm like, nah, you know, not sure. I said about watch that whole game, Bama and Arizona. When when Arizona wants to put it on you, they can get up and down like nobody's business. And uh, also I appreciated the final two minutes of that game, the way they just – Alabama knew they couldn't win. They didn't resort to a bunch of fouling and shooting free throws and giving the over – when it wasn't deserved, John, I was uh, I went to um, Wolf River Brisket last night. What is that? Um, is that a place a, to eat? I take it's, it. It's a restaurant. Do you eat correct? brisket? Very good. Very good guest, John. Um, 
And so I'm sitting there, and a beautiful place. Anybody wants to go check it out, um, a little free pub for them. They got it all decorated inside for Christmas. They got Christmas lights everywhere and, like, ornaments. That's a beautiful place. Uh, but I'm sitting in there, and I was watching two basketball games, and uh, both of them um, I may or may not have had money on. Um, and both of them had players miss free throws down the stretch, speaking of free throws. And I was sitting there in the middle of a restaurant yelling, you gotta make your free throws. I mean, what are we, what are we doing here if we can't make free throws? Yeah. Basics. They, they, they love you, I'm sure. They they were probably excited about that. I'm sure they were. Um, but yeah, and then of course you had North Carolina take care of Oklahoma last night. Like I said, you had Duke Duke take care of their business. Uh, the weird one was Seton Hall jumped on UConn's face. Did you see that? Sure did, yeah. Damn. Is that Richmond kid really good? Yeah, no, they got some good players, um, and they've got a good coach. They've got uh, the coach that was at St. Peter, uh, Peter's a couple years ago when they beat Kentucky. He's now the coach at uh, Seton Hall, and so he's, uh, he's starting to get them together. And there was one good note last night for the Tigers. Nova actually beat Creighton. They did. And, uh, in a game that uh, Doug McDermott's jersey was retired, um, at Creighton, which is no way weird to believe that it's taken this long to get his jersey retired. I mean, his dad's dead coach. Dougie Fresh, Creighton, though, get knocked off by Villanova. But we're going to talk a whole lot of Tiger basketball. We got Ja coming back to the house tonight against the Pacers. Seven o'clock tip from the FedEx Forum. Good thing is we got Isaac Simpson to break it all down on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. <laughs> Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. (laughs) Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again... Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. I got Brian Dakis with me. And I am fired up. It's a Thursday. I'm trying to wake up a little bit, though, because I stayed up really late watching Alabama, Arizona. After I got a big win, I couldn't go right to sleep. You know how it is. But I'm here. I'm ready. Jaws in Memphis. He's going to be on the court tonight. When the Grizzlies and the Pacers tip at 7 o'clock from FedEx Forum, Tigers have been doing it and doing it and doing it well. Uh, beating three top 25 teams in a row. A&M, Sia, Clemson, how you like me now. Virginia, whap. So uh, we're going to talk with Isaac Simpson. You know he covers the Grizzlies. He covers the Tigers. He's with Ethos Grizzlies. He's with TigersportsReport.com. And he joins us now. What is up, Isaac? What up? What up, what up, John? I'm good. How are you? Man, I know you got to be doing really well, man. I mean, uh, we got Naquan Tomlin coming. The Tigers already look good. And we're about to add this dude. Are you kidding me? Uh, feels really good. And then Ja making his return tonight, uh, first game uh, back in house. But after his first game, a little 34-6-8 and and the game winner. Like, it just feels really good. Like, I mean, I feel like the city's just kind of on, a, like, a different level. Everybody's walking around a little taller, got a little bounce in their step. Life is good. Yeah, man, everybody walking with confidence. Everybody happy. It, things are great in Hoop City right now, man. There's no question about that, man. And and John Morant, man, the return of of 12. Like, I, I didn't expect that. Like, I thought he would kind of 
ease into it. I mean, I thought he might have 16, 17 points or something like that. I didn't expect us to see full 12. Like, it was full call 12, man, late in that game. Grizzlies got down big, got down, I think, 21 points, I want to say, in that game at, at one point. Um, and they just came storming back. And you could just tell in that fourth quarter, man, Job was just on another level, man. You could see him get to that level at times, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. When he decides he's going to put his head down and, and put pressure on a rim like that, the defense just couldn't stop him, man. Herb Jones did everything he could do, man. He just couldn't couldn't get a hold of him, man. It's just big-time game winner, man. You couldn't couldn't script it any better than that. And I think one positive that you like that you thought of that, we've always talked about the team, Terry Jackson Jr. and Bain and all those guys not necessarily playing at a high level when Jaws there. Not necessarily not playing at a high level, but having big-time games. And they all three uh, played really well in that game. And to have that happen on the first game back, man, I think you've got to be excited as a Grizz, for a Grizz fan, it what you saw because it, no make no sense mistake about it, man. It was tough uh, watching those games, those first 25 games without John. You could, yeah, you could see from the onset, man. It was just – it was a different energy from all the guys on the team, man. And, and John just picked them up on, on all levels, man. It was just a different team out there. Even when they were down – it well, was still was, much more exciting basketball to watch. I was going to say, I think that's one of the most impressive parts that, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, they only scored 41 points in the first half. I mean, 16 in that second quarter. Uh, the first half, it was an abject failure. It was like, ugh. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you were like, damn, this is ugly. I mean, that's what it was. And then all of a sudden, second half came around, and, and it was a complete different team. And Ja was just, he just took over. Yeah, uh, like like I said, man. When, once he starts to getting down, getting downhill, man, there's just not much a, a defense is going to be able to do to stop him. I mean, uh, New Orleans did everything they could, man, to stop him. Man, he just went off, especially that fourth quarter, just time after time, man, just taking the ball from the top of the key, going straight to the basket, and he's finishing it and getting fouled. And like I said, man, when he gets in that mode, it's hard to stop. But it was ugly there in the second quarter. Like you said, I think we scored 14, 16 points there in the second quarter, and he was like, man, this, this. Doesn't look good, man, but I think you got to have a lot of hope uh, with what you saw in that second half. And, again, to have Jerry Jackson Jr. and Baines still have really good games, I think that's a, a positive because if you have those three guys playing at that level, but this, this team is going to be – they're going to be tough to beat. Um, and you see tonight they're playing in the Pacers. Four-point favorite. Um, I think I'm really excited about the matchup with John Moran and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Halliburton is kind of one of the guys that people have kind of – with Jai out, kind of does he have a he receipt is. for the Halliburton talk? Yeah, he got a re- he said he said after the game he's keeping receipts, and I'm sure he has has one on what they said about Halliburton. So I'm sure he's coming at the bit to get out there and and go one on one with with Tyrese. Do you think it's fascinating? Total sidebar. I, I kind of found it fascinating yesterday when um, all the national shows were talking about uh, Jaw saying that he kept receipts and everything. Oh, you did this to yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I kind of looked at it different. Um, I think this yeah. is more of a motivational thing, and this is what athletes do. Um, they always try to find a slight to go out there and be self-motivated. While he was gone and away from the game he loved, you don't think he didn't like read on X or listen to the national pundits pile on him constantly over and over and over again and say other yeah, people yeah. had passed him? Like People were acting like, well, he shouldn't say things like that. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm just I don't know. I kind of chuckle at that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I I don't think I think they look at that the wrong way. When he says receipts, he's talking about the disrespect that people were saying. They they put out all these lists and 
Jalen Bronson was better than him now. Tyrese Halliburton, I think the NBA top 100, he was like in the 30s on there, which is, is just ridiculous. And I think if you talk about people that read social media and read what's going on on X, John Morant definitely does that. There's no question about it, man. He's big time on social media. He saw all this stuff, and I can't even imagine being a person as competitive as he is because he's on that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant level where Tom Brady. anything he can even – yeah, anything he can even create as a slight, he's going to use that for motivation, man. And you can tell, man, he had a lot, a lot pent up uh, for, for that game against New Orleans, man. He was able to release off of that. He was sucking uh, some in, wind, in though, I can half. tell you that. That's what I thought was kind of funny. He was over there sucking on some oxygen. Yeah, he, he talked about that, man. He said he had to hit the inhaler a little bit during the game. Because you can practice all you want because he's, it's not like he's been home sitting on the couch, but as he said, man, getting out there and playing an NBA game is a lot different than you getting open run or out there at practice. You just can't you can't simulate it. No, I agree 100%. Well, I'm fired up. Everybody's fired up. Um, I'm kind of curious. How do you think this Grizzlies team matches up to this Pacers team who's been playing pretty good basketball until of late when they had, what, I think 151 points dropped on their face by the Clippers or something like that the other night? Yeah, they're, they're, they can score, but their defense is, is terrible. Uh, so I, I think I feel really good about the Grizzlies' chance. Like I said, the Grizzlies are four-and-a-half-point favorite, and that's definitely a Ja Morant effect. If Ja Morant wasn't in that lineup, I don't think the Grizzlies would be favored in this game. So that just tells you how much of an impact that he has. And I'm just excited to see this team grow uh, together. I mean, you got some other pieces coming back. Looks like Marcus Marsh doubtful for tonight, so I don't expect him to play tonight, but I do expect that he'll probably be back on Saturday night in Atlanta. Uh, so you get him back. Uh, Luke Kennard looks like he's right around the corner. Um, even Brandon Clark, man, to talk about it. He's looking I saw at some videos of him dunking, man. I saw yeah. a little video. Yeah, so like uh, he's actually kind of working back. Yeah, man. So you you get the reinforcements back. I um, mean, the, the vibes are just just good right now. Um, it's going to take a Herculean effort, uh, no question, for them to even get to that tenth spot. But I th- I think they're capable of doing it. I think you're probably going to have to get to 40, 41, 42 wins. Um, and it's not going to be easy. But you got you have to. In every 10-game stretch, you, you have to win okay. five or six games. And they have a tough one coming up. Did you say the fifth spot? No, I said the tenth, the tenth oh, spot. Oh, the okay. I was going to say, spot. damn. It's gonna, yeah, it's not going to be easy uh, for them to even get there. Because like they said, they're like six and a half out right now. And there's lots of teams you got to pass. But I think this team is going to start playing really good basketball. When you have three guys like Don Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, you you can you gonna win some basketball games and like you said, Marcus Smart. I think early in the season he struggled, but I think that had more to do with him being put in a role that he's not comfortable in. They had him on the ball and playing kind of point guard. That's not really what he does. I think you're gonna see completely different play from him playing next to John Moran and kind of being in that role where he can just go out there and defend and kind of do his thing, take shots when he gets them. But but you don't have to have him kind of running the offense. And I think that's why he kind of struggled. And I think that's made him struggle overall, even on the defensive side. I think him being out of position like that, I think that affects this game. I think he's going to have a, a big impact as well coming back. And if you uh, talk about like the teams that right now are in the whole play-in tournament, you have the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Suns still outside looking in, the Warriors, and, of course, your Memphis Grizzlies. It is a deep West. No no question about that. Who thought they would the Suns would be sitting here in the 10th spot, spot right now mm-hmm. um, at this point in the season. I mean, people thought they would be at the top of the West. So it, it, it's a it's a gauntlet. There, there's no question about that, man. But I, I, I'm i just hoping they can get back in this thing uh, because, again, you hate to just have a 
total wasted season. Uh, but as long as you have those three guys, man, John Morant, especially Desmond Bain, those guys are dogs. They're not gonna gonna just lay down. Uh, those guys are definitely gonna make a push. Um, and and I'm I'm excited, man. I'm just excited to to look more like Grizzlies basketball because whatever that was, the first 25 games, that wasn't it at all. And even like I said, the, the second quarter was a struggle, but from the tip in that first quarter, you could just see a different energy for that team. They lost some of it in the second quarter, but the first, third, and fourth, man, they they it, that looked like Grizzlies basketball. So the the more cohesion they get, um, and and having job back and and, and getting everything together, man, I, I think they're going to be fine. It's just that they're they're they have a deep hole, man. But I, I think they have opportunity to dig themselves out of. All right, Isaac, you got to do me a favor. Tell everybody, like, they, uh, if you're hearing this for the first time, where you've been. Um, he covers the Grizzlies. Where can they find you? I know they you got over there at Eat Those Grizzlies. What y'all working on? What you got going on? How can they find you? Yeah, man, definitely Eat Those Grizzlies. Uh, we'll definitely have a podcast dropping after tonight's game. Hopefully, discussing a big Grizzlies win. Uh, hopefully, win number eight on the season. Uh, definitely check me out at TigerSportsReport.com and those Memphis Tigers and. By our personal X page, X Twitter feed at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Shoot, we talking Tigers on the other side, Isaac man. Yes, we, sir. We had to take us a quick break though, because that was just the Grizzlies. That's just the tip. Wait for the other side. Don't touch the dial. <laughs> Sports fifty six ninety five ninety eight five FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports fifty six and ninety eight five FM. Come on, let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Rady. Yo, hanging out with Brian Dacus and Isaac Simpson. We talk Grizzlies and we got John Morant coming back to the house tonight. Grizzlies and the Pacers. But now it's time to talk about our Memphis Tigers. They play on a Saturday against Vanderbilt at the house, 3 o'clock. The game's also on CBS if you can't make it downtown. Tigers 9-2 and on the season. They have won three straight games against top 25 teams on the road against A&M. How you like me now against Clemson at the house on Saturday and then Tuesday they drop Virginia like a bad habit. Isaac, this team, like that three-game stretch, I mean, if it, you, if you're not fired up about ta- Tiger basketball, then you just don't like them. Yeah, man, you you, you got to be fired up in the city about, about this team right now. Uh, as Penny said in the postgame presser, uh, he feels like this team is capable of doing something special, and and I definitely definitely agree. I mean, you look at that resume; there there can't be any more than a couple teams in the country that have a better resume than what they put together right now. I mean, to be able to knock off three top twenty five teams in a row. I mean, coming into the season, you're looking at that schedule. You think that if you could probably win three or four of those games, you're probably in good shape. And they, outside of Ole Miss and, and Villanova, man, they were run the table. Um, on those games, and I think going forward, now it's all it's going to be about focus. Um, you got you're going to be pretty much favored in every game that you have left, maybe except that finale at FAU. Um, outside of that, you're going to be favored in every game you have left. Uh, but it, it's not going to be easy because every time you go on the road against these teams, AAC, it's going to be like their Super Bowl. I mean, they're going to be fired up, ready, got a ranked team in there. The bill is going to be packed. 
Uh, they're gonna those teams are gonna be playing like their life depends on it. But if Pitty has this team focused and they go out there and take care of business night in and night out and stay locked in, we could see something special that we haven't seen since the Calipari CUSA days. I think they could really run through this conference um, with, because I said they're 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 just on a completely different level than any of these other teams. I'm FAU is good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna discredit them. They have some good wins. They do have a loss on the home floor to Bryant. Uh, but I, I think Memphis is better than that team. Uh, we came into the season. FAU had the better odds. And you kind of look at down a game went last year. If Memphis wins that game, I think you were talking about Memphis starting the season in the top ten just like FAU did, and it would have been the opposite. I, I think FAU is kind of living off of how that, that went last season. Um, I think Memphis is the better team, and I think they're going to prove that out through our conference play. But Man, and you talk about how good this team is already, and you're adding a guy like Naquan Tumlin. And as I said earlier last week, that's basically the only spot, though. Like even going into the Clemson game, especially the Clemson game, I was even more worried about, and the Virginia game. I wasn't worried about the guard play, the forwards. I was worried about the production we were going to get out of our center position. Um, Nick Jordan is filled in, played out of position, unbelievable. But Malcolm's done a great job. He is still handsy. Uh, but he was great against Virginia about keeping his hands basically yeah, to himself and not, not getting in foul trouble. But with that being the weakness, that was the glaring weakness, and you got Naquan Tomlin coming in who I feel like elevates that position to an extreme level. I mean, what is – I mean, how much better can this make this – I mean, how much better does he make this Tiger team? Man, I, I don't even think it could be stated uh, what it means to add – a player of his caliber, like 11 games into the season. Um, especially when you, when you talk about, like you said, this was the, was the biggest question mark going into this season and had the situation with Jordan Brown. According to Penny, he, he's still sick. So, uh, but he's still part of the program as, as of right now. So who knows what, what's going on there? Um, it doesn't really make any sense for him to leave though, because he doesn't have any eligibility. So I'm just thinking, I don't think this is going to be the case, but just think if he did come back, um, they, they would probably have the, at that point the biggest, the, the best big rotation in the country. Um, I mean, just the depth they'd have there. You wouldn't have to worry about fouls, anything like that. But as far as that and Tumblr, man, again, it's not quite – I don't think he's the playmaker uh, necessarily uh, that, that DeAndre Williams was. But everything else, I mean, he's 6'10". Uh, you don't have to run any plays for him. He can play – could probably even play some some three, uh, some, small, some 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 big – in big lineup, he's that athletic. Uh, can put put pressure on the rim. You don't have to run plays for him. He can a lot of those offensive rebounds that they have been giving up um, in, in some of those games. He's going to clean a lot of that up. You don't have to worry about that anymore. I mean, he can even step out and knock down some threes. I think he knocked down eight threes in NCAA tournament at Kansas State last year. I mean, he's just a, a, a big time addition for this team, and this team is already really good. And I just think he takes it to another level. Again, you've got to be excited if you're a Tigers fan. Uh, I mean, this team. I feel like this is a top ten team already. Um, they're ranked down in twenty third, but I think that's criminally underrated for their resume. I feel like talent wise and, and what they put on on film, I think this is a top ten team. And you add a piece like that, man, the sky's the limit uh, for this team. And we know Penny teams tend to get better as the year goes on, so that has to be scary uh, for for people looking at this team right now. 
And um, something else that I think is a little bit scary, uh, their three-point shooting has not been good, and this is a team that's got three-point shooters on it, and especially Jaquan Walton. That's now three straight games. Yeah. He he was 0 for against A&M. He was 0 for against Clemson. He was 0 for Tuesday night against Virginia. He's still shooting it. His role has changed. He's he's accepting it. He's playing great defense. Um, I mean, he's doing a great job. But once he can get his shot back, and, and, and I'm kind of curious, is this just something like you think mental with him right now? I mean, he's still pulling the trigger. We've seen a few go down and out. It's not like he's airballing him or anything. It's just not falling for Jaquan. Yeah, man. And coming into the season, when, when I kind of looked at this roster, I felt like Jaquan, it was possible that he could be the best player on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew David Jones would be right there with him. Um, and David Jones is just something to talk about him. I mean, All-American. I, I don't think there's any question. I watched him last year at St. John's, and he was a good player. And I knew he was going to be good and have a significant impact coming in here, but I didn't expect this. Like, if you're having a conversation about the best college basketball players in the country right now, he has to be in that conversation. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, he could just get his shot at any time. He makes tough shots. He's an absolute dog. He's talking, but he goes out there and backs it up, which I never have a problem when guys back it up when they're talking. I mean, he's just Tremendous um, and been fantastic for this team. But Walton, I I don't know what it is for him because he's definitely a lot more talented than, than what he's shown. It just seems like ever since that Ole Miss game where he kind of got, got banged up there a little bit. He I just was going to say, ever since he got hit in the head, yeah. like it's been weird. He's just not making his three-pointers and especially like the like how it's just been the last three games especially. I mean, my man is um, – He's 0 for 11 in his last 11 three-point attempts over a three-game span. He's just—I mean, it's just that's just hard to hard to see. But the thing that's crazy is the Tigers are still winning these games. Yeah, that, that's 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 what's so impressive about it. They were still they are still able to play at a high level without him because Pete Clemson shooting 15 percent from three-point line. Yeah, and then the team overall hasn't been shooting well. Uh, they started well early in the season, but they've been struggling overall from three. So. You think there's definitely some, especially when you get to conference play, I, I think Daquan's going to come around. I mean, and that's, like I said, you're not even getting the best out of him, and you're still beating these ranked teams. I, I think you got to feel pretty good about that. And, again, so I think you got some, some growth there for his ceiling. You also had Naquan Tomlin. I don't think this team's going to continue to shoot the way they have lately. And their rebounding, even without Tomlin, has improved. Because um, I think they actually won the rebounding battle against Clemson, which – both of us, I think anybody that watched this team with P.J. Hall and those guys coming in here, you had to be extremely concerned about offensive rebounds and second-chance points. And they, they, I mean, they gave up some. And anybody going up against P.J. Hall, I mean, he's one of the best players in the country. Anybody's going to give up some offensive rebounds then. But I think they did a good enough job, man, to, to go out and win that game. So I, I feel better about their rebound as well. And adding Tomlin is just going to help that cause. What do you think about what's going on with Jalen Young? I think it's kind of uh, interesting, especially the last two games. He's um, you know playing about what seventeen, eighteen minutes uh, in the second half, and he's playing in some big spots. Not just now uh, spelling Javon Quinterly, but they had him a couple times together on the court. Um, feels like he, Penny's getting a little more confident in Jalen Young. Now it's a dude who I don't want him taking a lot of shots. He ain't taking a lot of shots. He did have a nice little dunk on uh you know against Clemson the other night, but he did airball the three pointer that he took. I mean he's not a three point shooter by any means what do you think about um Jalen Young and his emergence and getting more play to- playing time yeah I was a big fan of his coming in uh, I-, I like him a lot I think his biggest potential is on the defensive end 
Um, he's the, he's not a shooter. I mean, that could actually obviously improve. Um, outside of the shooter, I think he's going to be a player that's going to be here long term, and I could see him kind of developing kind of the same way you you saw Jeremiah Martin once upon a time kind of develop. He wasn't a great shooter coming in, um, and by the time his senior year, man, he was a offensive monster. Um, and I think he has scoring ability. He's definitely big time athlete. I mean, you saw that steal and dunk that he got. Um, he can definitely get up, get off the dish and get out there and, and punch it down. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a dog on the defense. He has that mentality, that winner's mentality. He's going to go out there and give you 110%. Like I said, man, just, you just don't want him to shoot a lot of shots right now. We don't need any air ball threes, man, but as long as he kind of stays in his lane, stays in his role for right now, I think he could really help this team off the bench. Because again, he comes in, he guards. There, there's no question about that, man. He's going to give you 110% on that end and you need guys to kind of fill that role. You don't need everybody to go out and shoot. I get the guys. You got Caleb Mills coming off that bench to provide offense, and he's been really good as well. We haven't even mentioned him. Uh, so this team is just loaded, man. The depth. I, I love what Jordan brings. Um, you just have a lot of people. Malco is, man, I mean, he's out there switching uh, late in that game against Clemson out, out front, mm-hmm. um, just making plays, knocking the ball loose, getting down on the floor for loose balls. And Penny said to this team, I mean, you, you get this a lot from coaches. A lot of times it's just coach speak where they'll say, well, this team, they, they all believe in each other. There's no egos. And a lot of times people say that. It is not really true. But what we've seen from this team looks like that's actually the case. Caleb Mills uh, asked to come off the bench. Uh, Daquan Walton has kind of had his role go back and forth. He doesn't seem to be pouting or upset about anything that's going on right now, even though he's struggling. So that seems real with this team. And, again, you're adding a big-time piece with with uh, Naquan Tumlin. And they're about to go into a stretch where – you're going to be favored by double digits in pretty much every game you play. So, uh, man, things are really looking up for this team, man. I think they could put themselves in a position to really, man, get a two, three, four, five seed. I think that's got to be where you're looking right now. Anything below that, I think at this point, would be a, a disappointment. Man, Isaac, I'm telling you, I'm so fired up. Saturday, you got uh, Vanderbilt coming to town. They should be favored in every game except for maybe a FAU. Uh, life looks good for the Tigers. Tell everybody where they can find your work. Yeah, man. I, like, one, one thing, man. Focus. That's that's going to be the key word for for the Tigers going going into these games. Because again, they're going to be big favorites, but everybody's going to be gunning for them, man. But if they stay locked in and focused, man, they can can really put themselves in a good position. But you could find our work on the Grizzlies at Eat Those Grizzlies. Go over there, give us a like and a follow. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, work on the Tigers, TigersportsReport.com, and on Twitter slash it Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Man, be blessed. Merry Christmas. We'll do it again soon, my friend. Yeah, man, I'll be happy holidays, man. I'll talk to you next week. That is my buddy, Isaac Simpson. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll be back in two shakes because it's time to talk about the Rebels with Evie Van Pelt from the Rebel Walk. It's all on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. It's in my head.